0: you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner.
1: TCL is a proud sponsor of the score North studios. TCL America's fastest growing TV brand.
0: Hockey, yeah, yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's hockey show. Time for Judd's hockey show. Zolgad and Declan Goff here as we uh, join you every Tuesday with the full-length version of Judd's Hockey Show. You can, of course, hear our uh, quicker, quick-hitting podcasts. one time, One-timers, uh, ordinarily, on Thursday or Friday. But uh, this will be a full-length show, and because of that, Declan, we have plenty of time to explore the world of the National Hockey League. And the now, I guess you could call them for the time being, surging Minnesota Wild points in nine straight games. Told
1: I wanna... you so. told you so. I told you so. No, I didn't tell you.
0: No, actually, you did say three weeks ago or two weeks ago, you did say they're going to go on a stretch at some point here. Yeah. I, so to give you credit for that, you did say that.
1: But I usually, usually, history, this happens in about February, March is when this typically happens. Sure. So I'm hoping that this surge is just now, and then the January swoon, which will also obviously inevitably happen, just carries over to the end of the year.
0: Okay, so right now as I just said the wild has points at nine consecutive uh, games they have played 27 games on the season they are uh, at 28 points as you are listening to this on score North at 1500 tonight the wild is going to be playing the Florida Panthers so hopefully you have the sound down on Fox Sports North and you are listening to us
1: I will I, I will say our buddy Louie Nanny is calling the game
0: oh. Then, yeah. then you know so what? You know then what? put us on pause. Put us on
1: pause. A I didn't bit. realize Louis. Louis, Louis, Louis on this trip. Is, how
0: smart is Louis? Our buddy Louis. How smart is Louis?
1: Oh, he's one of the his, best, man. His
0: limited his limited package of games serving as an as an analyst, of course, is the Florida swing. Yeah,
1: I love genius. Louis. Genius marketing.
0: So the Wild has twenty eight points, and um, that puts them in a position three points behind the second and final wild card seed in the Western Conference. Three Louis. points. Uh, the San Jose Sharks have thirty one points. Um, all right, so there's some good to explore here. We'll yeah, explore the good. space. Good to explore. Exploring the space, and the good I want to start with is this. And I, I, I'm i going to ask you a question, but it's meant off something I enjoyed watching. Why do you think it took so long for the Wild to get the idea for a three-on-three format we saw on Sunday? Now, they won in the shootout. They did not win in the three-on-three Five-minute overtime. But nonetheless, Declan, watching as we sat in the press box at the X, Dallas and the Wild three-on-three, the Wild was playing exactly as we thought they should have been how long ago? Three-on-three.
1: Four years ago now. How long has it been in there? Yeah, It it, it was remarkable because you didn't put your slow players out there. Koivu rode the bench for five minutes, by the way, in his 1,000th game. Yeah. Like, had every right to go out there and have a little bit more incentive to go out there. No, he didn't. And he sat. No, he didn't have every right. Bruce set him. It was remarkable. Yeah, it was smart. It was very smart. And look, there was it, it was all about the transition. It's high risk, high reward. Yes. You know, th- there was no there there was no passive. There, there yes, they were using their defensive zone to their advantage because they have a fourth skater advantage out there in Alex Stalock who is so much fun to watch in the three on three. It is worth any gaff he makes in regulation, any soft goal he gives up because of the way he can move out of the puck. When he gloved the pucket which was a great save I forget on the stars player who was coming in he trotted out and wanted to drop that puck but he'd already frozen it i mean it was so much fun to watch and and i i i love that the kids were out there the speed was out there i jason zucker should be out there more remarkable good job good job bruce and, and good job, so Bob.
0: so this came off of the frustration of the fact the wild lost back to back overtime games uh in boston where I believe they led that game three to one or by two goals late, they blew it and then and then lost an o t and the memorable part about that was Zach Parisi basically standing still in three on three out there as the bruin player uh, Bruin's player excuse me blew by him to score a goal that was followed up a couple nights later in a Monday night loss at Madison Square Garden, another Declan late lead blown by the wild and if if I'm not mistaken, Tony D'Angelo of the Rangers. Um, got the puck and scored 32 seconds in on a shot on Staylock, Okay. In the case of the Rangers game, if I'm not mistaken, they started Joel Eriksson at center. He got kicked out of the circle, but your other two options were Spurgeon and Suter. They were the other two guys. And Bruce's reasoning in that game was, well, it's Panarin and some highly skilled Ranger players starting, so I want some good defensive players out, out there. But you just brought up the key here. High risk, high reward. You can't Boom. worry about being responsible. What you have to say is give me the damn puck. I'm going. Yeah. So stop me. So on Sunday at the X against Dallas, which, is by the way, it's a weird team, but a very skilled team. But a highly skilled team. team that should excel in overtime. Bingo. Okay. You started stall. Okay, I don't love that, but he's a s I'm not totally against it. Fiala, love, love it. it. Because Fiala could screw up royally and I don't care. Like if Fiala screws up and they score, they score. Mm-hmm. I can't help it. Mm-hmm. And Brodeen. And then from there, the first change was Zuccarello, Zucker. Love that. Spurgeon. Love that. Love it that's too. Probably their, that's
1: probably their best line.
0: Next change, Cunning Greenway Suter. Don't mind it. Don't mind it. Don't mind it is don't right. Don't mind it. I agree. Next change, Eriksson Parisi, Dumba. Actually, like, don't mind that. Don't mind it. Don't mind that don't mind be, it. because Zach is slow, but I love Dumba there because he can take it and go. Next change then is back to Stahl, Fiala, Brodeen, and, and it went back to – the uh, combinations i just gave you but this is the idea including in, and here's something else that we saw and this is why a year ago i suggested that in overtime you put staylock in goal there were at least two i saw if not more but i saw two drop passes to reset to staylock yeah zucker at one point i want to say was at the dallas blue line he was a long way from his own goal and he took it and threw it back to
1: staylock it was an offsides i believe i think is what it was I think that happened in the OT, but
0: but the point but the point being is I loved the strategy Mm -hmm. and this is the strategy. Not being responsible and you got to take some chances. And again, if you lose, if if you lose by some fluke, I don't care because what's worse than 32 seconds in the Rangers have puck control the entire time. By the way, D'Angelo rips a shot and you're done. And the last thing that I will say that I think the Wild did on Sunday that we didn't see previously was they took the high shot away from Dallas. How many times have we seen the Wild, Stalock or Dumnik, get beat on a goal where where the player crosses the blue line and shortly thereafter gets off a clean shot and scores? Yeah, it felt lot. like this time they clogged the blue line much more so that if if I was Jamie Ben and got the puck near the blue line, and I was going to try to shoot, there was at least a defender there to confront me immediately. And I've been wondering, too, is it better goaltending that the Wild are getting from
1: Stalock, and, and briefly from Kapokokkanen? We haven't seen too much. He'll start tonight as we record uh, this podcast. He's in net right now, hopefully not uh, getting pulled already. But is it getting better goaltending, yep. or is it finally these defensemen kind of packing it in? Making it easier on their goaltender, which is how this team should be playing, yeah. night in and night out. And it took, you know, 20-some games to really figure that out, which was a little alarming. But, but again, to, to play devil's advocate against myself, when Devin Dubnik was playing so poorly this year, was it the Wild weren't very good defensively and Devin Dubnik was such a mess? You know, it's so hard, in my opinion, to quantify defensive success in hockey, especially, when, especially if we're talking just goaltending. It's a crapshoot. It's 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 so hard to quantify that. There's three or f- probably three or four goalies right now in the NHL that you can say, yeah, he is a definitively number one. He's going to be out there 50 to 60 times a year. I trust him in every situation. Mm-hmm. The rest, it's a huge drop-off. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to quantify, is it great goaltending? Is it great defense? And we're marrying the two, which, yes, in theory, that works great. But how much is it divvied up?
0: It's a really good question. I think it is definitely... Because you're right. Great goaltending is probably akin to great uh, QBs in football. There just aren't a lot of them. Like, you can't be like, ah, it's 12, 15 deep. There's a handful of great ones. And then that does not mean that um, 6 through 10 are bad. They're very good. But they're probably not not great. Uh, I I would say, though, that what we saw, at least in the OT on Sunday, against the Stars from the Wild was – We did see a concerted philosophy that made sense. Boudreaux's overtime until now has never made sense. He always seems to be... Again, you can't put guys out there and say, shut them down. Three-on-three, which, I, by the way, I love. I think it's fantastic. Three-on-three is there to be exciting. It's there to score goals. It's not there to defend and say, you know what we need to do? Get to the shootout. It was put in to get the shootout out, which I don't like. So... I think, but with Stalock too, and this is a question about Alex Stalock. This is a question about Kevin Fiala. This is a question about Ryan Donato and down that line, too. For all we can complain about their play at times, and they're not getting it, or they're not doing this, or not do, doing that. Isn't it remarkable when you give these guys consistency, though? Stalock, and, and he knows right now he's going to play. And guess what? I think he's playing pretty damn good. Now, Dubnik, unfortunately, has the family thing with his wife. We certainly wish him all the best with that. It's a sad story. Hate to see things like that, for sure. But because of that, Stalock's going to play, and he knows he's going to play. And Alex Daylock to me now, for all we talked about, or some said, well, he's just a backup goal. He's not that good, blah, blah, blah. And I don't think he's great, yeah. but I think he's got intangibles, and I think he's got something. And... In today's game, and especially the three on three format, Declan, I love the fact that Alex Daylock can move the puck and he's great. And, you know, Dubna can't do it. He just can't. No, he can't. Can't move the puck. Alex Daylock is not afraid to, he can move it. You could pass it back to him. Yeah. And in that three on three, when you can reset your entire thing. So that that bit basically, how many times have we said, What is the wild doing three on three? They're not going to the bench, and you've got guys on that team that we all know milk shifts, right? But three on three, if you do that, you're gonna get burned. Yes. And so how many times have we said so and so was late changing, or he thought he could get off and he couldn't, or he should have got off and he didn't and he was tired? Well, the ability to say, Oh, you know what I'm gonna do right now? Pass it back to my goaltender. Which allows me to change lines or change guys. So, but it is just funny when the conversation comes to a Stalock or a Fiala or a Donato, what the consistency of here's your role and you know what, you're going to play this role um, on a consistent basis as opposed to the first time things go wrong, Devin's going to play again for the next five games yeah. or Fiala is going to be in the press box. That makes life tough. And, it's why I keep coming back to, for the sake of this team, this is really a year. I don't care about the playoffs one bit. This is really a year about getting people comfortable and finding out in that comfort what they can do to make decisions on them for 2020 2021.
1: And it's a year of acceptance. We're trying to figure out year of acceptance and learning. That's what we're trying to figure out with this year's Wild. And, and you're starting to see that very briefly with especially a guy like Kevin Fial, which I'm sure we'll get into here in a bit, who is now finally starting to play a lot better. And he was scratched a few times in October. Uh, he was He's even been active and benched for long periods of time and during games. And something has now clicked in his game where either... You know what? I, I wouldn't say it's something has clicked. It's Bruce, I think, has probably shortened the leash and just accepted this is who he is. He's going to be brilliant. There's moments where you see a lot of talent. I mean, Paul Fenton called him a game-breaker. Maybe we shouldn't call him that yet because it's just unfair. And I think that maybe even gotten... Michael Russo hinted to that too in a little bit. That I think that maybe even gotten to him a little bit. But... This kid is a highly talented kid, and you see those moments in the offensive zone where you say, wow, this is a dynamic four that the Wild could be built around for a long time, but he's also going to have the miscues and the offensive zone turnovers, which you can see sometimes are more glaring and are more detrimental than the positives that he's able to create. So it's it's a very interesting line that the Wild have been walking, but with the three-on-three, three, I mean, they should be starting every every time, they should be starting that Zucker Zuccarello, I believe it was Spurgeon, was the defenseman that should be your starting three on three every single time with this wild team. I right like now, Fiala too, because the yeah, I me mean too. But but because Dallas, they're going to roll out Ben, they're going to roll out. Right. Well, you can't Sagan. be worried about them. Rangers are going to roll out Panarin. You know, right? They don't. The Wild don't have anyone close to them. Right. So you got to put your players who are the most talented with the puck and the fastest, and that would be Zuccarello and Zucker.
0: And yeah, and, and but I, I think you know. Previously, when, when, especially uh, when the Wild lost in overtime early, you didn't even get a guy like Viala out there, and you've got to get a guy like that out there. He's got to play. He's got to gain that experience in every situation. It's going to be very important because he's go. I think he's going to be here. And if he's going to be here, and I don't know if it's going to be Bruce coaching him or Bill Guerin's going to make a change for next season, I have no idea. But all of that being said, you're going to have to get to a position where Kevin Fiala can play first or second line, top six consistently, mm-hmm. and I think I think at times we're getting there. Okay, but then but then the w- word is uh, for tonight's game against the Panthers, which as you said, people are probably watching right now. Um, Ryan Donato. All right, and so this is a frustration for me. Ryan Donato of late starts to play well. He's playing the wing. He has slumped at times. He's been fourth line. He's certainly, in my opinion, not played enough. But then he starts to play well, and they reward him. And then Sunday, they reward him and say, well, Felino's back. So, Ryan, you're going to play center on the fourth line. And Ryan has a bad game. Because the center position's really, really difficult. And in fact, they tried Donato, as we talked about on Jod's hockey podcast at the time, in training camp at that very spot. The responsibilities of a center are way too much to put on this kid's plate. So guess what happens? He fails. And tonight, reportedly, he was going to be scratched. And this drives me crazy. This makes me absolutely crazed because Ryan Donato the exact type of player that you need to build his confidence. And now and now you've taken another significant step backwards for what? To get a win over the Florida Panthers I, uh, during a season in which you really shouldn't be a playoff team? Bruce, I really appreciate him. And so it's not like I want him fired. But Declan, my God, yeah. what are you doing?
1: Yeah, I don't like this at all. I mean, Victor Rask in that line yeah, right. with, with, with Donato. Rask, you're point. fine. With Donato, Rask, and Hartman, that line has been playing very, very well. And and look, Marcus Foligno was going to come back in the lineup. I don't think, with even how well the Wild have been playing, Bruce was not going to be a position where you're like, yeah, you're healthy, but we're still going to healthy scratch you. I mean, that wasn't going to happen. So you just look up and down right now on the fourth line. Their last six or seven games, they haven't allowed a goal since November 16th in Carolina. And if and I know we want. Donato elevated, but let's just let's look at where he is right now on a fourth line. Okay? Just playing, okay. Just playing. Very fair. That a fourth line's role is to not screw up. Yep. You don't even have to score a lot of goals. We're not expecting you to score goals. Don't screw up. Mm-hmm. And for the last six or seven games, they've been on the ice for goals. They haven't allowed a single goal in their last eight or nine games. And you put Donato then and and by the way, during that stretch, Donato was excelling on that line rask is just victor rask it's who he is he's not going to turn a corner he, he's he's stuck here but donato you need to see if this kid can actually do something and i think ryan hartman also elevates whoever he plays with for whatever reason ryan hartman is, is better for it so i just it, it's hard to put flino back in but i don't like putting victor rask back in because I, I know what he is i don't know what ryan donato is and now his confidence like you said is, is shaken again
0: yeah, and I hate to say this, and you are going to debate this with with me, but okay. I got to be honest. If you come to me right now and say, "Okay," because I do not want Donato playing center, He's, I don't either. You didn't use him. You know, you, you took a look there in training camp; it didn't work out. Which, okay, I'm cool with. But I do not put Ryan Donato on the Charlie Coyle Express. It's a good way. That's it's good a way redi- to look at it, it's yeah. a ridiculous thing to do. So if you come to me with the lines right now and line charts and say. Who gets scratched? I got bad news. And this player helps them, but he's going to have to be scratched. Ryan Hartman, fourth-line winger. He's a fourth-line winger. That's his life. That's his lot in life. Ryan Donato, to your point again, I don't know. Foligno deserves to play, definitely. So if it's up to me and I'm saying, okay, I've got to to play Rask because I've got to play a center because I don't want Donato there, who do I scratch? I scratch Hartman because, again, I don't – I don't care about tonight's game against Florida. It's not my concern. And Ryan Hartman can help you win that game. And my honest response is, who cares? Ryan Donato, though, I've been politicking on this show for him to play more. And he finally got more of a chance. And guess what? He can be pretty damn good. He can. I have no idea if he's going to be really good. But he can be pretty damn good. And against the Rangers, he sniped. He scored that toe drag. A great goal.
1: There's even the moment in Dallas where he, where he uh, right off the dot, bing, bang. I mean, it was a great, great Absol- save. Absolutely. That shot's there.
0: Absolutely. And this this is an intangible that a lot of guys on this team don't have yeah. that he's got. And Ryan Hartman, nice player. I like what he does, but I, I don't got to see him. I've got to see number six play. So I'm really frustrated by this because it, this goes back to, to what we've been talking about quite a while on Jets Hockey Podcast is Bruce's willingness or want to milk wins, milk points. You don't need the points. Don't matter. They don't matter. You're a fringe. At the very best, you're a fringe playoff team. And I tend to agree with you. This hot streak's going to end, and they're just going to re- regress. And, you know, for a while there, Zach couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with a puck, and now he's swinging like it's a baseball bat, and he's scoring goals. That's going to go back the other way on Zach. It always ordinarily does. So, And I know that, that you're a Hartman fan, and I don't blame you. I, I really like how he plays, too. But if you come to me and say, here are your choices, Ryan was going to play for me.
1: And Bruce said in the post game, too, I mean, it was a tough decision. And I am someone as a, if I was in Bruce's shoes, I don't know who I would scratch. It is, it's tough. It's well, really, really but tough. But if I'm
0: Billy Garrett, I'm calling you from Russia where I'm I'm breaking bread with the Kaprasov family yes, right now. And I'm telling God. you, I, you're playing Ryan Donato.
1: Yeah. It, you're going to have to. Sorry. It, I, I, I want to see him. I want to be comfortable. And that's, that's what's most frustrating to me is yes, he's, he's finally care. over these last couple weeks looked comfortable and now just because Marcus Foligno's back just because you need a center in and Ryan Donato
0: who doesn't play center you have to scratch him don't yeah. like it yeah a- and if it- we're playing at center which also I think is unfair the responsibilities of that position my god the kid's just getting comfortable again and now you're going to put him at one of the at, at probably the most difficult position as far as mm-hmm. your responsibilities offensively and defensively right 100 no, percent
1: and where this he gets even more tricky, and we can get into this here maybe two, we'll transition right into this, is if the Wild are gonna get off over here, well, they they physically have to create a roster spot. Because right now we're we're talking about log jamming forwards on a pretty miserable team, and I know it's easy to say, Well, yeah, we'll just get rid of a Donato or get rid of a Hartman or mm-hmm. whatever. But if they're gonna get off, and let's say then they wanna add, I don't know, maybe his buddy in Russia or maybe whoever it is, mm-hmm. well now you have to create two roster spots. Mm-hmm. So I can help. This you. is becoming this is going to be a challenge I think going forward. Going it, coming over next year though. For sure. But so who who comes out of this lineup? Oh, this is And if he's a top 6 player which I Are you saying what, is.
0: when what's your timetable? Are you talking about for them? So
1: I am starting uh, next regular season. So oh, opening that's night of 2020. Oh, that's you have to create a you have to create oh, I, probably two I, roster spots in I, the top 6.
0: I can create 3 for you instantly. Okay. Koivu's gone because his contract's up. I'm not re-signing him. I'm going to offer him a, a job as an ambassador, or he can go play somewhere else. Koi Vugan, Eric Stahl I trade at the deadline. I take a team on his that that didn't make his no-trade list and the best team possible, and I trade him there. And I take what I can get for Eric Stahl. Like I'll, oh, I just yeah. want draft picks. Peanuts, yeah. and, and he's playing pretty well. So, But I definitely trade him. And... Number 16, Jason Zucker. I trade him. I think he's got a five team no trade list. Is that right? It's something, it's a limited, yeah. It's okay. Limited, so it's then five. I've got three guys gone instantly. And I, I actually would trade Stahl and Zucker if I could in February before the deadline. Well, you know what? No, actually, if I could trade Stahl right now, I probably would. I think you, if, if. But who, that's why I'm telling well. Bruce. But if, this is the whole Garen Bruce thing that we don't know about that I think has to be communicated between, from Bill to Bruce is, Bruce, this is your, again, I've been saying this for months. Your job does not depend on points this year. It depends on what I see you do. And you're doing a really nice job. But um, we need Ryan Donato to play because I'm going to trade Eric Stahl. Like, the communication needs to be, you're going to lose these players. I don't care how – I don't care what you think we're doing. It doesn't matter to me. I'm Bill Guerin. I just got this job. My eyes are wide open to the deficiencies of said club. So – and – the other thing, too, is and, and where I would go to Craig instantly and be like, Craig, sit down. We got to talk would be Sunday at the X. We were both there. There's nobody there. Like, it's it's as empty as I've ever seen that place. And the fan apathy's not not going away unless you make a Stanley Cup run, which you're not going to do. So I tell Craig, Craig, this is not about this is not about people saying, oh, the, we were wrong about the wild. They're they're. An exciting team. They're gone. So while they're gone, this is where I'm fixing things. I I think this is one of the simplest fixes of all time. And the fact that the fans have bailed and Declan, there are now lower. There are a lot of lower bowl seats, like a lot of good ones. I thought at the beginning of the year that those were fans or season tickets who didn't show up. Those seats are consistently empty. I think those are. They're no, empty. No longer use season yeah. tickets.
1: Yeah, they're just empty seats. They're empty, empty seats.
0: So this is all very simple for me to tell Craig, hey, I'm going to do this, I'm going to, to do that, and to tell Bruce, I'd like you on board here. But this is why Donato has to play, and this is why I'm trading Eric Stahl, and Jason's probably going to be traded. And this is why, Koivu, there's no chance in hell he's coming back next year. I, I don't think that this is all that tough. And meanwhile, what I'm doing is I am getting guys, including Staylock, really valuable experience.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think... Where where it's just so tough is if you were to trade, I, I know you and I look at Jason Zucker and, and you're somewhat t- t- to you and I, we think he's a little bit expendable and you can probably get something for him. But I think to a common fan, that's also a hard sell. uh And, and it's going to be even though Capra's and, and I think it's almost the opposite. Diehard wild fans know who Capra's is. I don't think the common Joe Schmo on the street who maybe will go to a wild game here and there and turns it on every once in a while. I don't know if he, maybe he's starting to come around. Oh, yeah. What's his name? But I don't—you know, for three years now, diehard die hard Wild fans and, and people that follow the team are well aware who Kirill Kaprasov is. So what if he comes over here and, and it's just—it's hard for—I think it might take a while for him to be beloved by the fans like like a Jason Zucker is. So it, it's—from it, from Leopold's perspective and from the business side's perspective, yes, you know, it, it's, it's easy to do it from GM and, and us playing GM chair and, and moving the deck chairs— but I think it's also very difficult for Craig Leopold to be in a position where you're selling off. Not only are you losing season tickets, well, now you're losing fan favorites.
0: Yeah, but I think that, I think if I still had those people in those seats, it would be tough. But I don't. So I think what I have left is largely a fan base that gets it, and they get what I'm doing. Now, if the, if the place was still packed, and the team was bad, and people loved Jason Zucker, I think you're 100% right. But they bailed on me. And so I have to do what's best for them. What gets them back? What gets them back is if I can trade, turn Zucker and Stahl into into future assets. And Kaprasov, I think, is going to be – I don't want to say he's going to be a superstar. I don't know that. But it certainly seems like he's going to be a dynamic player. Yeah. And if he's a dynamic sniper, guess what? If he scores goals, people are going to come back to yeah. me. So if – we had gone on Sunday and that building had been absolutely packed and the team's not that great, but people were like, Yeah, we just we love this team still, or we're on board, or we love Zucker. I'd be like, Okay, you know what? This is a little bit more difficult from a business decision. But they're gone. They've flown the coop. Bye, bye, yeah. bye. Sure. So with, with them gone, I think that this is a pretty simple thing. And the other and the other guy that I'd be tempted to at least approach right now to see what his thinking in in, in life is, Matt Zuccarella. Signed into a long term contract with a no trade, and man could he help a contender. And, and I know I can't trade Parisian Suter, So how would you like to be at the deadline or before, be able to at least look at trading Zucker, Stahl, Zuccarello? Wouldn't that be a nice
1: I would be happy to be? I, yeah, it would. The only the thing that bugs me about Zuccarello is is with the expansion draft coming back up. You're right he's automatically protected again this is vegas all over i know this is
0: why i'm going to him and exploring Ugh. i'd sure like to i'd sure like to explore that potential of saying if you'll waive it i will look to make the best deal possible for you to get you on, on a contender yeah and
1: i have a so i have a tough time trading both zucker and zuccarello okay just because i i think it's going to be very very difficult then to to build things back up. I think it's going to be tough to not build things back up, but get fans back in the seats. I think it's going to, it does just, you're shuffling people all over the place. We know what Greenway, Eck and Cunningham are starting to do, and that's fine. Maybe they can be elevated up and start playing more. Mm-hmm. They've, they've shown flashes of that, but it, there's so many moving of the deck chairs right now, just to get cappers off over here. I think it's just going to be a much, it's going to be a huge challenge to move even more chairs.
0: Okay. Well, I think that it's a very realistic goal and obtainable to move stall for sure. Yes, koivu has gone. Yes, there's no way you're going to bring I, him back. I hope they don't. If you bring Koivu back, I hope they don't.
1: You're nuts. look, he's I
0: and and this is no knock against him. You're just nuts. Yeah, your your team don't does not trend back. towards a guy don't like bring uh, Koivu. And Zucker, if I could get if I could get something for him, because I want here's the thing: is I want somebody to trade for him who still thinks he could be a sniper. Because that year of him being a sniper is getting farther and farther away. And if you watch his game consistently, I love the speed. Speed. To be clear, I love his speed. Of course. And as you said, in overtime, it's great. But it feels like the days of him being a sniper, there are a lot of missed nets, a lot of missed opportunities. And at some point in time, you're going to have a lot of teams being like, well, he really doesn't score as much as he
1: All right, he right. Does. but here, and a hockey scout with eyes and trained years and eyes can probably disprove this. But if you're just looking at a team right now and you're looking at his box score, you see nine goals, 27 games. Yep good stuff the shooting percentage 18.4 percent his career is 12 Mm percent so I wouldn't say he's getting lucky but if someone sees that and go oh wow right here it is here's the sniper great point but regression is coming and like last year all right let's just go two seasons ago when he scored 33 goals right he had a relatively sustainable shooting percentage 14.9 a little bit high but then next year he comes back down to 9.8 percent so this eighteen point four percent is not going to last, and if you're the wild, you should use this as your advantage. Just saying.
0: Seems pretty smart to me. It
1: seems very smart to me, and that's and this is not. I think sometimes we get we're the Jason Zucker ripping podcast. No, and it's not. It's just. Oh, I'm trying Eric Stahl, too. And this is a
0: guy that you can actually get something for. Yes, yes. No, I and, I want to move veterans because I think it's smart. It's not to rip them. Uh, outside Eric of his Stull can help somebody. Look, look, look. Outside of his speed, I'm
1: serious. You can be the biggest Jason Zucker fan. That's all he's got. Yeah. That's what it is. It's his speed.
0: But it, but that could help a contender. Yes. And in three-on-three, three, that can help a contender. And Eric Stahl could help a contender. Since Eric Stahl, I don't know what, what was wrong with him to start – the season he clearly shouldn't have been playing yeah. and tried to play through it which i think was dumb but since that time period eric Stahl, i think's been really good yes i would trade eric Stahl if, quicker than i could say your name if i could do it right now no
1: no most people can't and i have a missing tooth and it's hard to say
0: declan it's, as it is it's right a now. very hockey it's very, very on brand. i wish it was hockey related it, it, it wasn't it's very on brand okay question for you sir and i'm going to have you start off with this one sunday miko koivu the aforementioned uh veteran center on the wild played in his 1000th game. It was actually a very cool day. They did a tribute video deal. Um, You know, he got up and waved to the crowd. 1000 games in this league is a huge deal. It's a big milestone marker. He, He then picked up his 700th career point on, hold on a second. Let me put my glasses on here and look at the box score on the wilds. First goal. Fiala scored. Koivu fed him in front of the net. Koivu got the first assist. That gave him 700 career points. The coolest thing then was, as you said, Koivu did not play in the three-on-three overtime, but he did get in in the shootout and use the patented old-school Miko Koivu backhand shot uh, to score. And uh, the Wild PR department told me he had not scored in a shootout since I believe it was October 2018. Long time. Long time. Um, So here's my question for you. What do you think his legacy with with this franchise which i think he's been with like 15 years now what do you think his legacy with this franchise is going to be and do you think when it's all said and done the number nine goes to the rafters at the x
1: i think when it's all said and done yes i i do think his number gets retired i don't think it's immediate i could like i see a path where it could be but i don't think it will um he's the first full-time captain in history he's a leader in every franchise category there's every single reason to retire his number. And I know he hasn't had the postseason success. I get that. But what he has meant to the organization, yes, he'll get his number retired. I don't know when, though. And, and I I would say I, would, I wouldn't be ticked off, obviously, if they did it right away. Like, he retires this summer, and they hold a jersey t- retirement ceremony for him on December 1st of 2020. But just kind of take your time with it. Let it marinate. You know, like... You know, Joe Mauer, a little different story. He was an MVP and a local kid. But, like, Justin Morneau. I love to compare these two. Justin Morneau and Miko Koivu. Very similar guys. I know Morneau also has the MVP. But Morneau doesn't have his number retired. You know, Morneau, I know, had the injuries. But he had a great period of success for six or seven years where he was the best first baseman in the league. And Miko Koivu, although always a very defensively sound and well-respected player, never was someone that you looked at I think as a common hockey fan, and you know, man, do I love Misa Miko Koivu. I really don't think he has that sex appeal. I guess is the word I'm looking for. So yes, I think he gets his number retired just just out of default because he's the leader in every category. But what I don't want is just them to do it right away. Like let it let it let it bake for a little bit. Let it hang out, and that that's where I'm at with Miko.
0: I believe that one. He is the exact reason, type of player, why franchises create what they like to call the ring of honor. He wears, in hockey terms, a number of the gods. It's Gordie Howe. It's three in baseball, right? Babe Ruth in baseball. Gordie Howe, nine. Gretzky wore 99 because he loved Howe but didn't want to wear nine or it was used, I don't know, when he came up with the Oilers. But the point being is I think Miko deserves to be in a ring of honor. There is no way, and and your more no comparisons a pretty good one. There is no way that I retire if I'm the Twins or the Wild, their numbers. That, to me, takes it to a, a next step. And you know what? If the Minnesota Vikings have not retired 84 for Randy Moss in this town, yeah. I ain't raising number nine to the rafters. That doesn't mean I'm not going to give Miko a night. It does not mean I'm not going to put him in a ring of honor, which I believe there's a few guys from this franchise's first, what, 20 years or so that could get there. That doesn't mean that they deserve to have their number in the rafters at the X. Um, The legacy question to me about him is really intriguing, too, because, you know, he's been a captain, the captain here for a, a long time. I believe he was drafted if you check it out, in like two thousand one, second
1: year of, okay. I believe it was. The Early on. Year. Yeah,
0: and then stayed thing. in Finland, right? And then came and played in the minors. I, I want to say he spent some years in Houston in the American League and then came up. But, you know, it's been a long time with the franchise. But how are fans going to, to recall him? Because the bottom line is guys like Koivu, I think, are tremendously popular if you have playoff runs, right? postseason run, stanley cup final appearances at least and, and by the way my stance on his number being retired would change if they had a stanley cup finals run, for instance if he had let's say he had, had a great run but he really doesn't i believe his entire career playing for this franchise here they've won two playoff series so there hasn't been great success but you know miko has always come off declan as sort of the and I don't know, he's probably a fine guy, but, you know, he comes off as the surly Finn, right? Mm -hmm. And he's not very, he doesn't strike as being personable. I think his teammates appreciate him and respect him. But I don't know, I don't sense, other than a few diehard Wild fans, that he's beloved, that he is somehow Morneau, in Morneau's prime, I thought was loved by some. Yeah. I think he was. And Koivu, to me, is a tricky story because of his personality, his demeanor, the fact that he's been a very solid player, but certainly never a star player. He's, ne- I don't think he's ever been a guy that you would say, there is a number one center in the National Hockey League, and my God, is he great. That I think there is sort of a, well, we like him, but there's not this Minnesota love for him. Well, I
1: think what's going to happen is, as long as Craig Leopold owns this team, he's going to make it a mission to
0: get his number retired. You might be right.
1: Uh, I mean, I'm just saying
0: what I wouldn't do. Right, I'd put him in a ring of honor that I'd create for a guy like
1: that. And maybe that's the first step. Maybe he is. The, he's obviously going to. If there is just a ring of honor, he would be the first one you put in mm-hmm. by default. I have no problem with that. And you know, Gabrick, I'm sure wouldn't be too far behind either. I mean, just 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 look at look at that. Look at what it, that's a small list too. Yeah. By the way, that's a very it's Ralston. Still a, not even Ralston. Ralston no, for three not, seasons. You no, know, not Ralston. So. It's it's tricky. And you know a
0: name that comes to mind and it's because of one we loved him and two he scored a huge goal. Bruno. Bruno. Yeah. But I mean that's where this franchise yeah. is at. That there is nobody in the 20 years and, and I think um season 20 will be next year. There is nobody in my mind in the 20 years of this franchise who I say to myself, "Oh yeah, number retired." Gabrick was as close as you could get. Yeah. But it wasn't he was hurt. It wasn't sustainable it wasn't for a, here long enough exactly.
1: Yeah. Well, if we're just looking at Minnesota sports and I know with with KG and the Wolves there's an obvious barrier between yep. the owner and the player. Correct. That's very that's why it's it's well done. documented That's why it's not done. Yeah. But with the Vikings, yep. I I really can't think of a reason why Randy Moss number 84 is retired. I I for the life of me I Ring can of I, honor, but I'm returning. And, and I know you you cover the team. You know the Vikings even better than I do, but I I for the life of me don't understand why eighty four, who is in the Hall of Fame, I by the it. way, the NFL Hall of Fame.
0: Oh, it's not in- and
1: change the game yep. completely is not in the Hall of Fame. And so if I, I know that's unfair. I'm not putting Miko Koivu at Randy Moss status, but just look look at that. Look at that as context of Beloved Minnesota athletes, if you're 27 like me and you're born in the 90s, think of those players, and then would you say Miko Koivu would get his number retired first? Absolutely not. You wouldn't. Right. That's, that's where I'm at with it.
0: Yeah. Now, how will you, and let's say that this is his last year here, how will you look back on him? Because I do, I struggle with this one. Because if you ask me in five years, wild greats. I'd remember Koivu, but I don't know that it would be tip of the tongue close to first answer. Here's where I would actually – I'll flip
1: it on another question. What does Montreal think of Saku? And I, I think – because I wonder if it's very similar. I think he might not be huh. as Viter- – like, you know, there's people I think in, in hockey fans like, oh, Miko, he's not a cat. He doesn't know how to lead this and that. I'm going to guess that that's not the same in Montreal just because it's a storied franchise and I'm not going to compare the Canadiens' loyal fan base with the Wilds' loyal fan base. But I do wonder, what is Saku? How, how is he viewed in Montreal? Well, he was a hell of a and, player. And I believe I reading, reading the piece Mike Russo did that Saku is being honored by all the Montreal captains, I believe, this weekend or it just happened. So, I mean, he, he's being honored on the ice with every Montreal Canadiens captain, which, by the way, there aren't many that have ever played. But And I, was, I don't know if Saku was number nine either. But, like, Saku Koivu is not going to get his number retired by Montreal. Right. 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 So... <sighs> So Miko gets his number retired by default because we're not a storied franchise. Well,
0: he gets his number retired by default because this franchise, in almost twenty years now, has almost has really no no superstars. Right. This franchise has no superstars, which, by the way, goes back to what? Goes back to largely one thing. It's always been middling, and so your draft picks have never been, for the most part, other than year one with Gabrick. Top five draft picks. Yeah, I know. This is why this team being bad this year would be the best thing that could possibly happen. How do you get, how do you get to a heritage player who you think this guy is a superstar whose number will be retired one day? It's usually a top draft pick, right? right? Yeah. It's usually a guy that you, that you got because you were bad. Mikey Madonna, perfect example. Bobby Smith with the North Stars, who, who got traded or, Forced his way out in 84 or 85, but nonetheless was a superstar type of player. Yeah. Mike Madonna is that's the exact type of player. When Louis, when Louis told the guns, Well, I can get us in the playoffs, but we'd be much smarter to basically go the other way because Mike Madonna going to be special, he knew exactly what he was saying. Yeah. And the you know, and Koivu is a steady, rock solid type of player. But there's nobody there, I'm telling you right now. Because I wouldn't retire Parisi's number. I wouldn't retire Suter's number. There's nobody. This is not an anti-coyote rant. There's nobody with this franchise that I've seen play right now that, and and they might be Ring of Honor guys. Hell, I might do what the Twins didn't create a Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'd put those guys in a wild Hall of Fame. I don't give a bleep, but. When you're saying the highest honor possible, where we look up in the rafters of the X, and every night that number is there by that godforsaken number one that they did for the fans. They didn't have to do it. Take it down. I don't like it. But anyway, um, I can't give you. I can't give you the only guy that would have come close if he had been here and thrived for a long time is Gabrick. Yeah, and that, he did.
1: We could do a whole. I think score North Minnesota rewind on this career. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, yeah, he, he's he's meant a lot. I think he gets retired, but. It, it, it's just a hard sell for me to uh, to put, him, put number nine up there, right away at least, too.
0: Okay, it, it was your baby this week, so I'm going to give you the honor. <laughs> yeah. The Judd's Hockey Show hat trick of questions. You throw them at me. My dump and chase questions here. All right, percent chance uh,
1: Kevin Fiala crosses 50 You're points. This. <laughs> Shocking. Percent chance Kevin Fiala crosses 50 points this season, currently on pace for 49
0: I really like how he's been playing of late. If I was super sure that they were not going to get upset when he made a bad play occasionally and bench him, because as recently as, what, the Nashville game, they did exactly that, which, again, I did not understand. But I'm going to give him a decent chance here, because, you know, he's played on he's played top six now for quite a while on the line with Koivu and Prezi and he's played well. I'm going to give him, um, I'm going to say 40% chance. 40% chance. 40% chance, and I... And, just to be clear, I really like the way he's trending. The mistakes don't bug me. I really like the way. And and we need to give credit where credit's due here. Paul Fenton traded away Granlund. Yeah, who is uh, for all the people that said, "Oh, I love Granlund. Had a Granlund jersey. you're so great." Okay, think about it. How often was he truly great, and Kevin Fiala is a better National Hockey League player than Granlund, and I don't even know it's particularly close right yeah, now.
1: Yeah, right now it's not
0: close. But ta- now, now, as far as God-given skill, Granlund. Different
1: discussion. Yeah, eight days a week, Granlund. Uh, what do you think? Fiala, career-high 48 points when he had that 23-goal season when he was a 21-year-old three years ago. Um I would say about a. I would put it like fifty-five percent chance. Okay. I'm going to go a little bit above that. He should. Uh, I think he's tre- his game's trending in the right direction. He's his lines playing very well. Shooting percentage sustainable. A little bit of power play time. I think he can totally get to fifty points. Fair enough. So that's what that's that, that's where we're going with. So we're both question. optimistic. Yeah, we are. Uh, second question: Are you concerned at all with Matt Dumba? Just three goals, zero. On the power play Ugh. and nine points, twenty-seven games. I guess give me maybe uh, a one to ten, ten being the most concerned, one being not concerned at all. Are you concerned at all with Matt Dumba?
0: I'm going to give you a a three, and here's why. I'm not. Okay. That, I'm not that concerned. Now the power play goals. I by the way, I want more power play time for him as well. I want him to shoot more. For well, God's I want him to start every power play. Yep. I I don't never need to see number twenty out there at the start of a power play for the rest of my natural days. I'm with, on you. Earth, I'm with okay? you. I'm with you. Okay. I'm with you. Um. I do think that if he was out there a lot on the power play, he would score a goal or two. Um, but I'm only going to say a three, and, and here's why: he had a serious injury that ended his season last year. It what he had complications, I believe, that took some time for him to get back. It was not an easy path. He's been dinged up again, I think, at least once this season. Yep. I don't think he's entirely back yet. I think timing is not back yet. Um, if this was a healthy Dumba scuffling, I'd be worried or concerned. I think something's going to click here probably around January, February, where if he gets back to at least being healthier and the injury gets as he gets farther and farther away from that. So I'm not incredibly concerned because I think there are factors impacting him.
1: I would say a five. Um, I, I don't want to teeter into territory of being concerned just yet because the pictorial injury, I mean, that is a significant injury. The guy's got a shot. I'm sure that it's affecting him. Just look at where it is. Um, but, you know, he's playing 23 minutes a night. He's out there on the power play. He's out there a ton. And if his game is all about the shot and, and creating offense and being an offensive defenseman, if he's not scoring goals, well, that means the defensive miscues are starting to outweigh the offensive possession that he's able to bring. So I would say a 5. And maybe the injury has a lot to do with that being a 5. But... I, I hope something gets snapped out of here quick because I maybe, look and maybe and I'm going to write about this for ScoreNorth.com this week too. Maybe this was last year's insane blip where he had 12 goals in 32 games. Maybe that maybe got a little teased by that. Maybe that's just not who he is. Maybe he's not William Carlson, Brent Burns, but he's next. You know, he's he's not elite tier, but he's next.
0: I'm with you. I'm not convinced he can't be too.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure.
0: And the other thing, too, well. I do think that it would be and they've tried this before and I think I think he complains about it so they, they go away from it. I would like to see them force Suter to play with Matt and for them to tell Ryan, you are the safety valve. Yeah. At every turn you're the safety valve. I don't care you know playing with Bro Dean lately too. Yeah. Right, no, he he does. But but Ryan wants to play with Spurgeon. Yes. And what I would tell Ryan is you're gonna play with Matt and you and you are I don't need you pinching in. I don't need you try you know Ryan loves the move where, where he comes down from the left point and comes down the wing there and tries to get the puck in front or take a shot. I'd be like what all I want you to do is make Matt look good and I need you to put yourself second sure. or third or fourth I dig it uh, but I wanna this again, this is a year where especially once he's back to being comfortable, where I want Dumba to be able to experiment some, too, because, okay, he gets burned. I don't care this Red. year. I care if you're good, but I don't care this year. Uh,
1: really quick, is the Brad Hunt honeymoon over just you're one goal in that. his past 18 games? Yes, the Brad Hunt honeymoon is over. I don't. Even, I didn't see him on the power play at all on Sunday. You not a great me. sign. You were complaining. I was complaining. You're like, where's Brad Hunt? He's a third-pairing defenseman, and if he's not going to play a power play, then I, then scratch him. I don't want the if he's not playing the power play he provides no use. Scratch him. You should I shouldn't I'm not going to say they should have pounced and traded on him 2 weeks into the season cuz that just would have been silly. But if he goes on another streak here where he's scoring power play goals Get this speaking guy out. Speaking my language, Dak. Unrestricted free agent.
0: You're speaking my language. Unrestricted free
1: agent. Get him out. You don't build around a 31 year old defenseman. He's a one trick pony. Get him out. Kaspersov is over. Kaprasov update. Uh, yeah, it's really quick. Bill Guerin is also visiting with him right now, shaking hands. You know, maybe hanging out with Putin. I don't know. I just like to make a lot of Putin jokes on this show. I don't know why I do. that. I don't that. know if
0: they're funny or not. I've, I don't I've know if they're funny yet. either. I'll have to ask feedback. The luxury, on that. the luxury box for hey, Putin. How about
1: know. in our comment section on on Twitter or wherever on our, on our podcast feed? Let me know if I'm bringing up too much Putin on this show. Uh, in the last. Three weeks, uh, three games, one goal, an assist, shooting the puck at will. Uh, he's Kirill off, man. He's. Uh, are this, you
0: thinking he's? Are you thinking he's a superstar or a star?
1: A star. Okay. I can't call him a superstar because I, I haven't seen him play. I agree. Uh, but in this season, thirty games played, sixteen goals, fourteen assists, thirty points, thirteen even strength, three on the power play, four game winning goals. I also kind of like that. Uh, yeah, this is the, this is the close thing to Gaverick they'll have.
0: And lastly, the draft pick lottery update. Oh, yes, now, now I feel like uh, it's, I feel like it's losing its luster because he's playing so well. But give me your draft pick of the week. Uh, it is Dylan
1: Holloway. This is a local. Well, he's from Canada, but he plays college hockey at Wisconsin. Well,
0: don't call he, him local. He he's a is. Badger.
1: I know. I'm sorry. He uh, Midwest. He he is right now the tenth best prospect according to Tankathon, which is where the Wild would be picking if the NHL uh, draft lottery odds work today, and that's where the Wild would go. Uh, he. In 15 games in Wisconsin this year, and the Badgers were, of course, just at Mariucci a couple weekends ago. Uh, three goals, four assists, seven points. He is six foot, 193 pounds, 19, uh, almost 19 years of age. Uh, yeah. He, he, he can play center or wing or forward. And by the way, I don't think we're concerned, but Matthew Boldy, the number one pick from the Wild last year, I think he's been snake bitten. just one goal and in, 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 at BC, I believe it's BC or How's the kid
0: from Wisconsin doing? Cole Caulfield. Uh, yeah, the he guy just that went... tied
1: Danny Heatley for most goals before the break Great, I'm glad they passed on him. Yep. Oh, because he's too small. Yeah, too small.
0: I'm Judd. He's Declan. Judd's Hockey Show. We'll talk to you. Pass, shoot, score.